Well, this month we started a series about family, asking what is our status? What is our status in the family of God? And we are, if you are in Christ, we are family. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, that he died for your sins and he rose again, and that someday we will be with him in eternity, then you are in the family of God. And we are a big family. And, and, and so today we're going to be looking at love like family. And we're going to be going to Colossians 3. Uh, but before we do that, I just wanted to review just really quick. Uh, the last couple weeks, we were in, we, we talked about fellowship like family. And we looked at that believers in Christ, so we said that believers in Christ are to be in fellowship with one another. So if we are in the family of God, then we should have fellowship with each other. And then last week we, look, we turned to, to Hebrews 10 and we, looked at, we saw that commitment to a local church is the key to connecting like family. And so whichever church that you want to be part of, what, what you feel like that's your family, be all in to that church. Yeah, if it's East Bend, we'd love that. But whatever church it is, be all in. Give to the church. Pray for the church. Be serving with the church. Be growing and loving. But be connecting, and that is the key. But the key is being committed, right? It's being all in. It's saying, hey, I'm part of this. This is what the body of Christ is. This is my family. I'm going to be here for my family. Uh, and so today we're going to be looking at um, what is, how do we love like family? And I know that could be kind of a, everybody has a different view of what family is, but today I'm going to right away start with the main idea that God's love is the glue in God's family. God's love is the glue in God's family. Now, we're going to get into more what that means here throughout this looking at Colossians 3, but I often got this question, as, when I was a teacher in Nicaragua, I got this question a lot. The kids would come up to me and say, Hey, mister, do you have any glue? Do you have any? And, and I would just, you know, I'd like to set the scene. I, I'm like in this computer lab, with all these computers around. I'm either, either teaching Bible or teaching computer classes or maybe it's a break or lunch or something. And a kid would come in asking for glue and I just look at them like, how many times does somebody ask me, do I have glue? The answer is always no. <laughs> I don't have glue. I, I was just like, I get annoyed because I was thinking like, if I had glue and we were dealing with glue with all these computers, that, that's a mess. But I, I don't have glue. But the, it's funny because it, sure enough, uh, another few weeks later, a kid would come in, do you have glue? I'm like, I don't know why you guys need so much glue around here. But they needed glue, and I was never the one that would give it to them. But I wonder if it was because they saw me as a teacher, and in their mind, teachers have glue. I, I got a yes. <laughs> teachers have glue. And so if, if you're a teacher and you need some glue, or if, if, you know, if you're a kid and you need some glue, you find a teacher because they have glue. Right? Well, as a Christian... We should be known not by our glue. We should be known by our love. And it's not our love. It's God's love. And so that's why I'm saying it's the key. It's, it's not just the key. It's the glue in God's family. And we're going to look at that as we go into Colossians 3. And so I encourage you to open your Bibles to Colossians 3. And we're going to be looking at 
verses 12 to 14. But the first few verses in Colossians, Apostle Paul is giving us this, some lists. So the, the, the first list before, we, before verse 12, he's talking about things that we should not be part of as a Christian. And, and so he, t- he gives this list of sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, and lying. And those are things that we should not be known for if we are trusting in Jesus. And if we are in God's family, if we are loving like Jesus. Now, Paul does say in there, he says, you used to walk in these things. You used to walk this way in the life that you used to live. So this is what you used to be part of. But if you are in the family of God, if you are trusting in Jesus and believe in Jesus, then that is the past. That is no more. Now, that doesn't mean we stumble. That doesn't mean we don't sin. But it means that we aren't doing those things regularly or we aren't like seeking them out like that's our lifestyle now so those are those are that's the list that he gives what we should not be part of and so then in 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 chapter 3 verse 12 he says this therefore as god's chosen people holy and dearly loved so who are god's chosen people that are holy and dearly loved it's people that are in god's family right okay so he's talking to god's family He's talking to people like us. If you believe in Jesus and you are part of God's family, he's saying you are chosen and you are holy and dearly loved. So let that sink in. You're chosen into God's family. He called you. Okay? So if that's the case, you're in God's family, he says this, clothe yourselves. That means put on or take on. Make this be the image that people see you clothe yourself with compassion with kindness with humility with gentleness and patience so get this image this image is paul saying this is what people should see you as like when you put on a jacket or you put on a shirt or whatever it is that people see you wearing they see that image kind of represents you that day right you know when when people wear t-shirts that have like words on it i usually tend to like look at the t-shirt and like want to read what it says because I want to know what what their message is what their image is what they're trying to you know let people know who they are or what they believe or or what you know a lot of times it's just silly or humorous or maybe it's a team that they like but it shows a lot about who you are or what you're trying to show people and and Paul says here that we should be showing people we should be showing people, we should be putting on that people could see that they would know us by these things. Our compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. And these are the things that people see. When they see the family of God, they see, wow, that person's really patient. Wow, I, I was mean to that person, but they, they weren't mean and they didn't get me back. They showed kindness to me. Wow, that, that person... Yeah, they, they just won first place at this whatever, and they're not boasting about it. They're not making me feel bad. They're, they're really humble. Wow, this is a, a gentle person, or they're showing compassion. The, people are seeing these things that, may, that have us stand out. And so Paul is saying, if you are in the family of God, if you are chosen and dearly loved, and you're holy, 
then let's let people see that. And so our first point today is that in God, God's family is to take on characteristics of his love. These are characteristics. These all describe Jesus, doesn't it? Are, are any of these on this list, you would say, oh, I don't, that's not really Jesus. No, yeah, he was, he was gentle. He was kind, compassionate. He was patient. He was always available for people and, and showing humility. We're, we're to take on Jesus' characteristics. And all of his characteristics kind of point da- boil down to his love. He, he was patient with people and kind. He was always doing things and showing his love for people. And that's what we should be about too, showing his love, taking on Jesus' characteristics and showing people that it's, it's, Jesus is in us and so we're different. And we look a different way because of Jesus. You know, what image are you trying to show? What, do you, what, do you, what clothes are you wearing? What are you putting on regularly? It, it matters. And so Paul is saying, put on the characteristics of Jesus' love. Put on those things so people see Jesus. Verse 13 goes on. And, it, and Paul says, bear with one another. And forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now sometimes I read that verse, I've read that verse before, and I'm just like, okay, bear with each other and forgive, okay, and just like Jesus forgave me, do it. Got it? Good. Uh, No, like, think about that. This week, I challenge you, read this verse every day. Takes you like eight seconds or less, but read it. Think about how do I bear with one another? How am I forgiving just like how Christ forgave me? How do I do that? You know, in in the family of God, and it's so easy that when someone says something to us, when someone says something to me, I I could be easily offended and be like, what's the the deal? What's the world? Like, come on. And like, kind of like easily be offended, easily want to like kind of pick a quarrel or a fight. No. Paul is saying bear with one another. He's saying if people are having, if people are having issues and they're do, doing stuff that is bothering you or, or you're upset about, he's not saying hold it in and like let it explode later. He's just saying bear with it. He's saying just let it go. It's not that big a deal. I feel like I have to say that to my kids a lot. I, I feel like I have to say, it's not that big a deal. Just let it go. Don't let it bother you. When, he, when, he, when it bothers you, when, he, when your siblings see that it bothers you, it actually can make it worse. <laughs> so if you have, if people are, I think Paul is just saying here, hey guys, get along. Get along. Whatever's going on, I know, I know you're not perfect, but get along. And then he says, not just bear with one another, he's saying forgive. If people are up doing things that are really wrong, that are they're doing things that make you mad, that are offending you, or what and in whatever way that is, forgive them. Remember, he says, that Jesus forgave us. We had no chance of being saved on our own. No chance at all. And for nothing for, for the love of Jesus, for the love of God the Father, His Spirit, they 
made a way for us to be forgiven only by the blood of Jesus. And, and because of that, we are no longer in debt. We are no longer, our, our, we know where we can go. We, we have a place. We, we were destined to be far from Jesus. We were destined to have no hope and no future. But because of Jesus, because of his love, how he came and loved, he made the sacrifice for me and you. And he took my place. And because he took my place, I'm forgiven. And since this is such a big deal, why can't we go forgive each other of little things? Maybe they don't seem little at the time, but they're little in comparison. They're minor. You know, Jesus illustrates this. Sometimes we think, well, how many, like Peter even asked the question, how many times do I have to forgive? You know, they keep doing the same thing. They keep bothering me. They keep offending me. And Jesus says, because Peter's like, you know, seven times, seven, or 77 times, and Jesus is like pretty much unlimited. And, and he says, he gives this illustration, this parable in Matthew 18, that he says, you know, right after Peter's asking this question, Jesus says, you know, he, gives, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like this king who wants to, to settle accounts with his servants. And so this one guy came up and he had, he had 10,000 bags of gold he owed. And the guy asked for mercy. And, and so the king, as, as, the, as the man needed mercy, he had no chance of paying this on his own. The king went out, or the king took pity and he canceled all his debt. And he said, you can go free. And that's the picture of what God has done for us. We have no chance on our own to be saved. And Jesus forgives our debts. And he says, you are free. You are new. You no longer have to pay. But then he talks about how this servant, how this man that was freed from this huge weight of debt that was going to, there's no chance that he could pay. He went out and he said, he found someone that owed him money. And he was mad at them. He was mad at them and, and trying to make them pay. And so Jesus, Jesus, in this end of this story, in the end of this parable, he, he says how this, this man was handed over, the man that had been forgiven of this huge debt, he was the one that missed out on essentially eternity. Because he says, the master handed him over so that the jailer, to the jailers to, to torture him until he could pay it all back. And Jesus ends this parable by saying, this is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister in your heart. Forgive your brother or sister. Jesus is, is pretty clear about that. We need to be people that forgive. And so our second point today is that we are to forgive each other because of his love. If you are in God's family, we should, be, we should be known by people that forgive. You know, even if it's bigger offenses or whatever, we're supposed to, we're called to forgive. It doesn't mean forget, but we're supposed to, we're supposed to forgive. And that, that can be hard, but that's, Jesus didn't say, Forgive if it's easy. Forgive only if it's 
only a small amount. Only if it's just... No, he, he doesn't say how much to forgive. Or he doesn't say how, at what point to stop forgiving. He says, forgive. And so, as brothers and sisters in Christ, if you are in the family of God, we are to forgive each other because of Jesus' love. Because of God's love, we are to be forgiving. You know, I heard it at Regen this summer, at, or last summer, with the Ivana uh, conference that we went to. Um, there was one of the speakers that s- just made it so clear. And he said, if there's two people at church, or two people that are they're saying they believe Jesus, and they can't forgive each other, he made it this clear. He just said, do you remember, Brant? Okay, sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> he said, one person, one of those two is not going to be in eternity with Jesus. Like, it's, he made it that clear. He's, if there's two people that can't resolve their forgiveness, they can't deal with the conflict, and they're just going to be at, at ends with each other, and that's it, no more, we're just done with each other, then somebody, it's, it's not about, it's not about the, the, the eternity part of it, but it just probably means that at least one person's not really trusting Jesus. It means one person's probably not really surrendered their life to Jesus. Because Jesus says, we are to love, and part of loving is a choice to forgive. So is there someone that you haven't forgiven? Is there someone that needs forgiveness? Maybe they're not asking for it. And sometimes that's even more hard because they're not asking for it. They don't seem like they're repentant and they don't care. But we need to forgive to our best ability. We need to forgive and let it go. And then, so we've looked at how God's family is to take on the characteristics of his love. And then we've looked at, in verse 13, to to forgive each other because of his love. And then in verse 14, here's what Paul says. He says, and over all these virtues, okay, over all these things that he just talked about in the last two verses, over compassion, over kindness, over humility, gentleness, patience, and how we need to bear with each other and forgive each other. He says, over all these things, what's going to bind them together is love. Every, everything is, he says, put on love. So the, see, he's still going with that imagery of put on, like clothes, put on Jesus' love. And he says, that love binds all these things together in perfect unity. The Inside your bulletin, you have on the, the message translation on the, the inside part here. And I, I just want to read that verse in the message. It says, it, it is more of a, a, paraf- it's a, a paraphrase, not a literal translation, but it says, regardless of what else you put on, regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It is your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. I like that, that thought, that like, always be wearing love. Don't be like, I left home without it. I forgot it. I need to go put it on. Well, maybe you do, maybe you do need to go put it on. But always be wearing love. Love is, even if you're lacking in some of these other things, we should not be lacking in love because Jesus gives us his love freely. And he's not saying love with your own strength and how you do it. No, Jesus pours out his love to us And then we pour out that love. We show that love to others. Remember that love is not a feeling. That love is a choice. 
And we, we've, we know in our culture that we say love and we talk about it as a feeling. But in the Bible, the context of the Bible talks about always that love is a choice. And so whenever we're talking about love, especially in the Bible, we should be, in a, we should be thinking about how we are choosing to love. Even if we don't feel like we love or we want to love. It is a choice that Jesus is commanding us to do. We can obey or disobey. But we're, we are, I mean, Paul says here, put on love. Put on love. Because remember that God's love is the glue in God's family. It connects us all together. It connects all these virtues together. Now, I know when we think about glue, you know, Elmer's school glue, that's not very sticky, right? <laughs> it's, it's like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to glue some, like, construction paper together. But, you know, it, it take, it'll, it'll take a little time, and then, but if you, if you pull it apart, if you glue something and you put it together, it, after a little bit, it's going to be mostly stuck together, right? But there's some really powerful glue. And it, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of really powerful glue, but kind of the, so then, we have, then we have super glue. The next step up, you know, super glue. My kids are always asking me, they're always bringing me stuff, like, Daddy, this is broken. Super glue it. Come on, <laughs> super glue it. And some of the things, like, I can do it, but some of the things are just like, there's no chance I'm going to be able to fix this. I, mean, I give it a good attempt, but there's just like, it, this is just need to be thrown away. <laughs> you know, and, and so sometimes we have with his thoughts of, like, glue is just going to fix everything because it's perfect. But our glue isn't perfect. And how we use glue isn't perfect. But the way that God's love is, is perfect. And the way that God, God's love is given to us and how we can use it in an imperfect way is going to bring people together in unity. And if we are constantly reminding ourselves, let's put on God's love and let's, and let's forgive and let's bear and let, bear with each other and let's not be easily offended and let's be all about showing the love of Jesus to people, including in the family of God. If we're doing that, we're going to know that God's love is the glue in God's family. It's going to hold us together. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be messy sometimes. But his love is perfect. And his love is going to bond all these things together and it's going to bond us together. And in John 17, 23, Jesus says, I am in them and you in me that they may be perfectly united so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them just as you have loved me. So if we are bonded together, if we are, if we are showing all these ways of God's love, and we are, uh, we are like this, this bonded glue that's, that's perfectly together, and people see Jesus' love in us, then it's not just the church that's going to benefit. It's going to be anybody that sees us. And, that, and that's what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to be a light to the world. He wants us to go out and show people his love. And it looks, you know, when, when people want to know who we are, or what we're about, or they first look and see, what are we doing? 
how do we act around each other? You know, in God's family, are, are we being mean to each other? Are we, are we calling each other names? Are we lying? Are we backstabbing? Some of these things that are in the, this list earlier in Colossians 3, are we doing these things? Hopefully not, because then that's not going to be a good example. That's not going to show that we are in Jesus and his family is glued, bonded together. So our third point today is that we experience the bond of his love. We experience that Jesus, his love is bonding us together and bonding all of these virtues together in his love. So let me ask you, are you experiencing God's love? Are you experiencing a bonding to each other, to the, to the different virtues, to the different things that God wants us to put on? Are we experiencing those things? Or is our, is our love kind of more like super glue? We're trying to do it on our, I mean, uh, Elmer's glue, trying to do it on our own, barely sticking. Or is it like those super, super, super glue? I don't even know what those are called. But the, the super bonding ones, even better than that is God's bond of his love. I just want to, as we, as we think about that, as we think about how God's love is the glue in God's family, I want to ask you this question as we close. And just take a moment to think about this. Ask yourself this question. It's on the bottom of your handout. But how am I experiencing or how am I practicing or showing God's love in his family? So just take a moment. Think about that before we close. Lord, we thank you that you show us your love and you give us your peace. And God, we ask that you would give us what we need to put on, what, how we can remember to put on these virtues that include your love. And God, we pray that it would, this love that we put on would bind us together, would make us unified, would help us to overlook things that we could be easily offended by or, or, or other things. God, we pray that we would be people that are known as people that forgive and have mercy. And that people, when they see us, they would see your love as the clothes that we wear. And so, God, we, we pray. We just confess that we need you. Each day we need you. That we would be immersed in your love so much that people just see you in us. God, I pray if there's those here or those listening or watching that, that haven't experienced your love, haven't, they don't know you, or maybe they're not in your family, Jesus, I pray that you would just reach out to them that they would, they would turn to you, Jesus. Uh, God, we just pray that each person would know you, would experience your love, and would be bonded in your family and know you for eternity, Jesus. Pray this in your name. Amen. Oh, don't clap. <laughs> <laughs>